Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line podcast. Uh, Chris here. It's been a wee while. I've been very busy. It's all my fault. So apologies. But we are now back once again with another podcast looking back at some of the SWPL actions that happened over the last week as we kind of enter the belly of the beast at the end of the season. And to go diving inside that belly, who else would I want to bring with me other than Campbell Ferguson? Campbell, how you doing, buddy? Ugh, pish, mate, but we're here now, so let's <laughs> <laughs> go on with it. Uh, dearie me. Yeah, so we uh, obviously have missed a, a, a week or so. Um, it is on me. I've been super busy with work and uh, just haven't quite been able to find the time to do it. But we did want to get one out this week because obviously we are getting to the business end of the season and we've got some big games coming on this weekend. Uh, but before we look ahead to this weekend, let's do a bit of a, a look back. We're not going to go deep dive in these, Campbell. I think that'd probably be a bit late now, but in terms of the, the games over the last couple a uh, couple of ga- uh, game weeks, um, if we go back to Sunday first of all, um, Celtic three Hearts nil, um, difficult game for not difficult game for Celtic, but Celtic certainly struggled in that first half. They made a lot of changes. I think it was seven changes they made from the team that had uh, drew now with Glasgow City, uh, which is another game we haven't talked about. Man, we've missed a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, they eventually went three 0 For me, the, the difference makers are London Pollard and Anna Philby when they came on at half time. London Pollard to assist. You can call them assists. I'm giving other them as assists. But I think for Celtic, it was an important one for them in terms of when you look at the results from uh, Glasgow City and, and Rangers both winning quite comfortably. Glasgow City eight 0 victory over four for Farmington. Priscilla Chinchia hat trick. The hype train continues. And Rangers win 5-0 away to Spartans, um, who had uh, Rich Harrison had to go off after 15 minutes injured. And the Rangers kind of ran it comfortable. I mean, I'm, I'm grouping these three games together. Obviously, the, the other game um, that day was totally gone. <laughs> My head is mother now now, Hibernian won, um, with Ailey Adams scoring the only goal of the game. But those three, those three games grouped together because those three are the teams that are going for the Champions League places and the title. And three results that kind of went as you'd expect on Sunday. Aye, I mean Celtic seem to be a team of one good half and one kind of not so good half. Where against obviously against Hearts, it was a later show. Whereas against Motherwell, they got the goals early um, the previous week. So it just seems to be a kind of case of they're getting the job done. But being maybe being great, but you see a win's a win for Celtic. It keeps them intact. With Rangers up there, I mean, obviously themselves were again five 0 winners over Spartans, who are a team that. I've been getting a lot of praise for not conceding goals and then ever since then I've just conceded a heck of a lot of goals and all their praise of calling them a decent side maybe has just been unfounded by that point. It's just, they've been disappointing Spartans of course but Rangers will be, will be pleased with that. Obviously it's tough as you say once you lose um, Rachel Harrison but it was just a poor day at the office for them and a good win for Rangers and then obviously Glasgow City as well 8-0 winners over 4 for a result I think you'd expect but City as we're seeing really seem to be picking up these good wins against these sides that have boosted their goal difference and then they're getting the job done um, against the sides around them as well. So that is why they're currently clear at the top of the table. Yeah, I think um, I think when we've been catching up, I think uh, the, the phrase that we've we thought of is um, Celtic seem to get the job, seem to be well set up to get the job done in the big games. Rangers seem to be well set up to get the job done against the smaller teams. And then in the middle, you've got Glasgow City seem to be doing both. And that is why... El- it looks like with four games to go now, it looks like it is very much Glasgow City's title to lose. Um, 
I, I thought as well, I, I watched I watched from home on Sunday, as I said, been really busy and the energy had sapped out of me come um, Friday night when I was picking whether or not I wanted to go to a game. So I took advantage of the fact that the games are available to watch from home. So BBC Scotland uh, was uh, the game for Hearts versus Celtic. Then I played from my stream on Glasgow City, who had fan noise, which was interesting. <laughs> um, I, I, didn't, I didn't really expect it. And there was a kind of referee whistle kind of all the way through it, which was a little bit distracting, but... You know, the, the stream held up all the way through. And my usual is quite cool, which is the platform they use for it because you can see the goal highlights like pretty much straight away. Um, that's really good. And then obviously the BBC Isle game with Spartans against Rangers. And Motherwell Hibs was on pay-per-view as well. And Hibs always do that 60-second roundup of their games, which I actually, I quite like that, Campbell. I actually think that's a really, because how quickly they get it out. And also it does just kind of give everybody a snapshot of what's happened in that game. It does. I mean, there's times where you're obviously busy life, so you're trying to... Um to get these highlights and sometimes when you're watching a game like that where there's one goal you know really want to be sitting watching four, five, six up to ten minutes even as some teams put out highlights where so just the goals as a lot of teams seem to advertise is, is certainly a, a good thing to have and like I say it makes it easier for us and Hibs story the match kind of, it still shows you the main highlights without kind of dragging it out so it's it's definitely a positive and I think for that game it's probably just as well we only saw 60 seconds of it so uh, it was a good win for Hibs but not a great performance yeah, I think it's fair to say the extended highlights on the on sports scene on Sunday night were stretched a little bit. But as you say, we've got the 60 seconds. It's all good. Um, it's, a, it's a good win for Hibs, obviously, who continue to pick up points against teams below them and not, not get any points off uh, the teams above. But then that brings us on to this midweek, Wednesday night. Um, again, wasn't able to get a game. I was out working, but I did have updates I'll go and I've watched as many highlights as I can um, today, like within the last hour and a half before we recorded this podcast. Um, let's start with let's start with the BBC Alba game because that's probably the one most people have been able to see. Hibs now Rangers three, Pennicut Park seems to be like a, a second home for Hibs. Um, and actually, before we get into the games, let's talk about fans. Let's talk about fans because, as you can tell, this is a bit scattered tonight. <laughs> let's talk about fans because uh, obviously with the restrictions lifting in most places in Scotland uh, to tier two. It means that fans can now attend games. Um, so last night, uh, we'll start Station Park instead. Last night, Station Park, Far for Farmington hosted Hearts, um, and there was crowd in attendance. I think the number given was 60. I'm not going to really dwell on the number, Campbell. I think given where we are in women's football and where life has been for the last 15 months, I think it's just having fans in is, is great. And it is great to see that people can go watch SWPL games in Forfar at least. Um, it seems supposed to be great. I don't think Ben McDonald was pleased with it. Um, it was a bit late in notice. I think letting some teams know that they were you could get in, uh, letting fans know they could come in. Sorry, so maybe that's it's a midweek as well. A lot of folk can't do from there. But in terms of on the park, it was, it was obviously one of the tighter games of the night, and it's a big win for Hearts, as you're saying. They've, I think you've got the stat there of how long it's been since they scored the goal. Never mind, um, won a game, and obviously still bottom, but they've then closed that gap on the Motherwell and Forfar, who just a complete downward spiral and kind of want the season to end in a minute so it was good to have folk back in I'm sure it's the one game I haven't seen highlights from um, so I'll be straight on to David about that but otherwise it's been it's good to see folk back in again and it's, it's a good win for Hearts away and hopefully that will give them some confidence for, for the final few games Yeah, let's just talk about this game a little bit why not because um, as the game we're talking about and as you mentioned uh, for Farmington went 1-0 up Donna Patterson at, same, as, same as yourself I've not been able to see anything from this one so when you get on to David, say, 
say I, I would like some highlights as well, please, mate. Um, but yeah, Donna Patterson's getting the opener. Her ninth goal of the season. She obviously went on that mad scoring run before Christmas, um, but that's her ninth goal of the season. But Hearts came back into it, second half. Um, and you're going to say, as I say, this is all generic. I was going to say full credit. I have no idea. That could be full credit. It could have been. <laughs> it could have been lucky. It could have been hard for. I don't really know. But um, Leah Tweedy, Monica Forsyth getting two goals in the second half. Uh, Leah Tweedy's goal, their first goal in over 575 minutes, um, and their first win, well, since since they beat Hibs um, just before Christmas. So uh, a really important one, as you say, for for Farmington now on a pretty pretty poor run. I think it's now. 10 games that they've gone without a win and they've lost the last seven and um, yeah it's, it's good I, I don't know it's good to see teams it's good to see teams beating each other because I think we both know and I think a lot of people who watch women's football is it can sometimes be a little bit predictable that's one way of putting it um, for, for, for Hearts obviously it's certainly not been predictable with the last time obviously Lauren Perry scoring the goal um, to equalise that, that afternoon and then here Forfar have kind of been as Kevin McGregor's pointed out in the last few weeks some of the fixtures I've had have been tough and it's kind of been right you're not playing Rangers Celtic each week let's look at these games we've got games at home let's try and win them and unfortunately they've now lost to the two sides below them as well and it's like the season's kind of petering out for Forfar they'll not be happy I know obviously talking to talking to Kevin last week and I can't remember the full list of players but there was a full squad Still starting 11 and then another couple who have left for for since the start of the season and that their team really has has really disappeared down there they've got a lot of young players um, playing now as well so it's tough it's not going to be the same side there that was at the start of the season so it's not going to be easy for four for of course it's not but it's still disappointing when you're losing to the only two sides below them who up until that point i think had what three wins between them so i mean it's it's not the sort of score line for would have been looking for um but like I say, for, for Hearts, it's, it's a good one and it just means now that they're not kind of rooted to the bottom. They've got that, that kind of a couple of points still to make up, but they'll still feel they've got that chance of of getting themselves off the foot of the table so they don't finish there at the end. So it's um it's a good win for them. And it, as you say, it's good to see these sides getting points and hopefully some confidence. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting when the two sides come up from SWPL too. I think you will see that bottom of that table become a lot more engaging for people that maybe follow the game casually at the moment but um, yeah as I say bit of unpredictable is not wrong um, as I said four for Farmington the only side to open the game up to fans uh, last night last night being Wednesday night um, Motherwell uh, we'll go to Motherwell Glasgow City next because that seems to flow um, Motherwell will play at the Pennycar Stadium and Airdrie were playing a couple of nights previous and had fans at the game so I mean part of me goes why could that not have been possible for, for Motherwell to do the same thing at the Penny Cars, the same stadium, not be the same protocols that have been placed that they've been following all season? But in terms of the game, I, it seemed like it was a bit of a, a bit of a ding dong, but there's a couple of couple of hairy moments in it. Um, Glasgow City went 1 0 up a free kick from Leanne Ross that truly Pollard, who is in goal because Lauren McGregor's now back at Kilmarnock in preparation for the SWPL2 season coming back. Probably should have done a bit, bit, bit better with, but to be fair to Ian Clarkers, she showed a bit of solidarity and got caught underneath a frost ball from Rosie Slater to make it one each. Um, Maddie Fulton then stepped up to score from the spot to make it 2-1, and I think that's now... I've lost... Glasgow City seem to be missing penalties, so Maddie seems to be the one that's been given the job at the moment after Janine Van Rijk and Chris Hedison. She has missed her, missed her last two. Um, and then a really well-taken goal from Aoife Koval. I, I thought, I think Aoife Koval... Has really, I think I've seen a progression in Ifo Kind of throughout that season, 
she, at the start of the season, I thought she seemed maybe a little bit timid, maybe maybe a bit raw. But it feels like over the course of the season, she in particular has really come onto a game. Yeah, City have been obviously given their, their full squad kind of minutes on the pitch and that rotation can kind of throw teams off. But for City, it's, it's helped them clearly. And obviously, they've got a really strong squad now and you can see that. But Aoife certainly a player that has kind of has kicked on. I mean, it was obviously there towards the end of last season as well, before everything all kind of stopped and was, was shown glimpses. So it's good to see now that she's perhaps getting closer to reaching that full potential. Um, and she's not the only one. There's certainly a few players in that City side there. And you've also seen more, more game time for the likes of Erin Clackers as well, who obviously it was a bit of a mess um, for, for Motherwell's first goal. And then that's just after coming back for an assault on Becky Kilbraith. So, I mean, there's, there's things to work on, but it's good to see that City are utilising these players in that squad, and it's, it's still clearly working for them. We shouldn't they given their position in, in the league? Yeah, I would say robust challenge. Let's let's not see assault. <laughs> Don't I get the wrong idea? Just, and I know you game ban, wasn't it? So I mean, <laughs> but um, yeah, as I said, you're right to say that Glasgow City have been utilising their squad, and I think it's another reason why they are where they are on the, the table at the moment. But after going three one up, uh, Cody Hay got another go back from Motherwell, make it three two, and then. It, from the the highlights at Glasgow City, so they put out the short highlights as you talked to about earlier on, and they put out the full highlights literally just before we started recording. Um, so I haven't had a chance to watch them yet, but um, it looked like a bit of a, a John Rankin s squiggler from Janine Van Wyke for the for the fourth goal. But um, a win for Glasgow City is an important thing. But again, Motherwell, there is something into this Motherwell side. I think we've both said in recent weeks is that, that when you watch Motherwell, they they don't feel like a team that are kind of at the bottom and would struggle next season when more teams come up. It feels like they are pushing in, pushing in a certain direction at the moment. I'd agree with that. I mean, there's... I don't think many would have seen them scoring twice against City. I think there's very few teams have done that this season. So, I mean, they'll definitely take positives from that. And they're a side, like you say, that have... Obviously, Stuart Hall's kind of been... He's been the head coach ever since Eddie left and kind of was never going to be permanent that we'll get to, obviously. But he's... um. But he's done that job, but he's, he's been with these players for a while now, and they know him, and they can, they're all still working together, as we've said before, they are a young team. But um, they're one of these sides at the bottom where the case of, right, let's just, let's try and like show what we can do ahead of next season, because I mean, there's no relegation, obviously, so they've got that kind of freedom to play. And last night was a perfect, exa- perfect example of that, where Motherwell have just kind of went, right, let's go and play our own natural game, forget that we're playing City, who are champions, what have you, just... Go and do what we know we can do. And then, obviously, as you said, they've shown that. And if they can then perform like that in the games against the sides um, in and around them, especially in an extended league next season, then you've got the fancy that Motherwell will certainly be away from the bottom end and hopefully try and push it in the middle of that table. Yeah, and I think playing their own game is something that Stuart Hall kind of said to me after they lost to Celtic 3-0 a couple of weeks ago. And you saw that in the, the first half of the game against Celtic. They did put Celtic under pressure. It's just that Celtic took their chances when they got them and obviously... As we know, goals come in bursts in the SWPL, and that's that's kind of what happened in that game. Uh, but you did you did mention the fact that, that Stuart is going to be head coach till the end of the season, it looks like. But they have made an appointment. Um, Paul Brownlee, who has been involved in the performance schools and has been involved in the Scotland uh, Scottish FA setup for a while, will be taking over the role in terms of both head coach for the side and as part of the kind of wider strategy for the Motherwell women's team that was part of the advertisement. Um, I, I know, obviously, Paul's been in the SFA setup for a long time. Scotland have also made it to Euros and and uh, made it to the World Cup as well. But week in, week out, club management will be a little bit different. Um, but I'll be, I'm very interested to see how this uh, how this move goes in terms of what it means for Motherwell going forward and what it means for the, the profile of the club. Because obviously Motherwell have done a lot of good stuff uh, with, the, with the men's side. And maybe the women's side is 
taking a, a bit of a back seat for some of these, these things. So I'm, I'm hoping that bringing somebody in like this will really help amp that up a little bit further. He's got that experience, Paul, certainly. Obviously, he was Celtic for a while as well. He's, um, as you say, it's a different job for him, being, being a head coach now, but I'm sure Munner will, will still work with him. Um, having the two separate Twitters, I think, is the main thing that's just daft. But Alan Burrows, of course, their, their chief executive, was then, he was full of praise um, for Paul as well. And then there's obviously that chat, as you're saying, where they're looking to kind of make the girls' academy at Motherwell one of the best in Scotland as well. So there's there's plenty to be positive about from Motherwell there, and hopefully Paul can he can make that transition quickly enough because, like we say, he's, he's got a decent squad there. Who, yes, they've lost quite a lot of games, but they're kind of getting used to it and they're a bit more a bit more aware of how to play um, at SWPL one level. So I think Motherwell could be could be a bit of a dark horse next season if, if Paul can get in and sort of stamp his authority on that squad. Yeah, uh, I think it's very much a case of we'll see what happens, but obviously season to come um, and then we'll take it from there. Let's then head back to, let's go back to Pennycook Park where this conversation started about the midweek games, <laughs> um, which was the game on BBC Alba. Uh, Hibs against uh, Rangers. Uh, Athena win for Rangers. Uh, a double for Carlo Gerasoli. Carly Gerasoli, not Carlo. Um, Carly Gerasoli. And uh, a pretty well taken volley from Brianna Vestrup. Uh, comfortable win for Rangers in the end uh, I think it's probably very much similar to the kind of games that we see sometimes where one of the sides kind of get ahead but it was interesting listening to the game post-match it felt like Dean Gibson thought it was maybe the best Hibs had played uh, against Rangers this season and obviously they've come out with the heaviest defeat so far Yeah, I mean it's tough for Hibs we've said they'll show these glimpses of right, we're going to go and do something here and then other games are slightly disappointing Um the defending for Rangers three goals was just chronic the other night. It was awful defending. I mean, Caligiuri Soli is maybe not a player that scores many, but it's a tall enough centre back there that's in the box and is easily given a free header pretty much twice to score. And then again, Brianna Westrup, another one. It's a centre back who the other players are marking from set pieces usually. And there she's like, it's a great finish. Don't know going to take that away from a fantastic finish to volley that in. But again, she stood unmarked pretty much in the centre of the goal. I mean, Poor from Hibs, but in, t- in terms of Rangers, um, they obviously had that defeat to City the other week, but say three wins after that to bounce back again, and they're back to they're back to where they were on the table. It's it's going to be a chase, you would imagine, and you'd fancy City now to be ahead, but Rangers obviously Celtic on Sunday. It's a big big game, and if they can win that, and again you got to fancy them going to second, but they'll be they'll be more pleased now. Obviously, we spoke to Malky after the City game where you could see he was disappointed with the result and the performance that day because City were better all over the park, but. Rangers again, another team that have got uh, things to be positive about now. And of course, obviously, with all, with all the signings and things, they were a lot of favourites, uh, people's favourites, including ours. But as Malky pointed out, it is their first season together for a lot of them. So it's overall, it's been good for Rangers. And that's another impressive win for them. I wait to a Hibs side to in previous years have had the better of them. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I, I always like seeing games in different stadiums and I think in women's football we are maybe a paucity of interesting stadiums to, to watch a game of football in and Perrycook Park at least it offers a bit of a different aesthetic for viewing purposes um, the last game that was uh, last night was Celtic 4 Spartans now as we were chatting about just before we started recording that was at Lennox Town but seemed to kind of come from nowhere and as I did the other week and uh, as I did on, on Twitter as well there was no live broadcast available of this game uh, that's Rangers and Celtic both not being able to have done this. And they're the two biggest entities in Scottish football 
in, total, in totality. So I think that's pretty disappointing. Um, but there was some highlights. That's uh, the SWPL had their cameras there, which was good. So it means there has been some highlights going already. Uh, a 4-0 win. Pretty comfortable. Sarah Ewan's getting her 10th goal of the season. Uh, Jacinta getting... Again, I think our first for Celtic, Jody Partle and Maria Lee also scoring. Uh, I've just got in the notes, use them wings, because that was Celtic's, um, Celtic's uh, from the highlights, it looks like Celtic had used the, the well-trodden well path of uh, using the wings to try and get you better of maybe slightly weaker opposition. They did it well against Motherwell um, a couple of weeks ago as well, where coming down that right-hand side, particularly that afternoon, was getting them joined again last night. I mean... It's, it's good to just seem to get four different scorers for Celtic as well and for school um, for the centre and possibly Jody Barrett as well. I'm not quite sure if that was her first or not, but Celtic again, just that one great half of three goals, that's a sort of in control. Obviously get a fourth one for, uh, later on, but they've been good Celtic in these sort of games where Celtic Spartans, you could maybe look at and think Spartans have a chance of keeping that tight, but Celtic are they're certainly quite good now as well at winning these games. I mean, Spartans are not not a team you would class as a bottom half team fully, but then obviously not the same calibre as City and things, so it's potential to be tricky, but very good win for Celtic and another professional performance. It's obviously now 10 games unbeaten, which is which is very good for him, um, given the challenges they face. So, Fran Alonso will be delighted. I mean, you heard that in the highlights, cheering every goal as if it was the last he'll ever see. So, I mean, fair play to Celtic, they're, they're hitting real good form and hopefully they can keep that up. Yeah, in terms of the, the, the title race, the Champions League race, absolutely. Um, it was Jodie Bartle's second goal of the season. I just consulted the spreadsheet there as you were talking to, to double-check. But um, yeah, uh, as you say, 4-0 win, and it means it keeps things nice and tight at the top. So we are pretty much... I mean, to be fair, we've missed we've missed a couple of, missed a couple of game weeks, but the league is still exactly as it was when we left it. Rangers are four points uh, behind Glasgow City, Celtic five points behind, which means the games coming this weekend are probably... Could this be the day that the, the title race finally is put to bed, uh, potentially, because you've got Rangers against Celtic and Glasgow City against Hibernian. Um, let's start with the Rangers-Celtic game, because I think it's an interesting one to start, because we've talked about the fact that Celtic seem to get get it right in these big games in terms of getting the, the end result. Um, they've obviously only lost to City, but have lost to City twice. Um and drawn one and obviously beaten Rangers twice so far this season. So in terms of what Rangers have done, They've only beaten Glasgow City once that 5-0 win and they've lost lost those other games. And I think I think it's probably say that 5-0 win was in pretty unique circumstances in the context of a pretty unique season, Campbell. It was. I mean, it was Rangers' first game where the players they'd, they'd signed from City, well, City kind of had a lack of a squad that day and it was a surprise to many, Bank, almost a predictable result, maybe not to the 5-0 scoreline, but you expect the Rangers to go on and win that there, whereas against Celtic, it's been two games where Rangers have, have arguably been the better team in the first one, and they certainly were at Celtic Park, but have then somehow managed to lose the game, and it's a huge game on Sunday, Celtic, um, I've never really been overly impressed with Celtic when I've watched them in any game, but they're getting the job done, whereas Rangers sometimes are playing a good football, but if it's a tight game, they're then going to struggle a wee bit. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on Sunday. Um, I think it's a fight for the Champions League places now, though, if you want this title to go on there, Chris, but I think it, it's done. So it does then come down to um, Rangers against Celtic. You have to look at the rest of the fixtures um, coming up after that. They're, they're games you would expect them to go on and win. So it's a big, big game on Sunday, and one that's thankfully on um, TV with BBC Alaba again. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, it's a big game. It is on BBC Alba, 10 past four kickoff, as is the, the usual BBC Alba slot. 
the the reason why I, I still cling on to a title race gamble is because, um, well, first of all, it'd be really useful for making the podcast interesting for the rest of the season. <laughs> um, but secondly, the, it, it can still it can still technically happen. I think we both said that we feel very much it's Glasgow City still is. Uh, Glasgow City would have to drop points against somebody before they play Rangers in the last year of the season, and even then, it's reliant on Rangers winning on Sunday, and they haven't. They haven't done that against Celtic yet this season. I mean, looking at the time of the, the score goals, they've only conceded six goals this season, Rangers. It's a it's a pretty incredible record. I mean, it's less than half of what Glasgow City have conceded. But in the big games, they haven't got the result done. Um, and I think that's the reason why I, I'm tying this all into the title races because I think they'll get a result, but I think it's going to be a draw on Sunday between Rangers and Celtic. Uh, I think that... It, it could go either way. I think it's been a hard call. I mean, I don't know about you, Campbell. I personally feel like I couldn't call it. Rangers will score goals, but Celtic have shown that they can frustrate and then hit on the counter or, or kind of dig in, especially in the last 10 minutes against Rangers. And thinking that's Glasgow City game at the, the training centre two or three weeks ago, I don't know, all these weeks now merge into one at the moment. But um, Glasgow City went 1-0 up and from that moment on, it didn't really feel like Rangers were going to come back into that game. So... It does feel like something like if Rangers get an early goal, that, that could be really interesting. But if Celtic frustrate, you could see Rangers getting frustrated. And if Celtic get an early goal, you wonder where the mentality goes for Rangers at the moment with that kind of game. It is a cliche, but generally as a game when the first goal is going to be huge. I mean, like you said, Rangers have very rarely went behind. I think only the once or twice and obviously three times, sorry, they've lost all these games. And not scored in them actually once once that's went, in, it went behind as well. So I mean, if Celtic can get an early goal and like you say frustrate Rangers, then you would have to fancy them, and especially with the form they're on and they've shown it before against Rangers and City. They know how to play against these sides. So if they can do that, Celtic, then you'd have to fancy them to go on and take it. But it's at home, it's on grass where Rangers used to play, and obviously Rangers now have won these last three games, so they'll be looking at it and think, right, this is. This is a real chance for us. Both sides know it's it's a huge game and it generally could go either way. So, I mean, obviously you've went the draw. I could, I'm not even going to pick anyone because I don't know what's going to happen. But it's one of these games that because you don't have that predictability about it, it, it makes it interesting and it's something that's rare, I think, a lot of the time um, in SWPL1. So hopefully it, it lives up to the expectations and we, we get a game that's is worth watching for, for, um, for the neutral. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not going to the Rangers Trainer Centre on Sunday. I've uh, made the decision to go elsewhere, and that elsewhere is I'm going to go to Broadwood to see Glasgow City take on Hibs. Um, this is a game that's live on BBC Sports One. It's not a lunchtime kickoff; it's a five o'clock kickoff um, at Broadwood tonight. I'm guessing that's to do with just the availability of the stadium uh, at, at, um, at Clyde at the moment. Um, but I am quite looking forward to this game because you know Glasgow City have beaten all the teams below them, but Hibs have been Maybe the one that have caused, well, they have been the one that caused the most bother. Um, they beat them three two earlier in the season, and then I was at the the two one game at Ainsley Park a, a few midweeks ago. And if there is a game that Glasgow City are going to drop points at now going into this last, last stretch of the season, this this feels like it would be the one. Just just based on based on results so far this season. I mean, any time we say that, it then turns it to be the total opposite. So we're expecting <laughs> a heavy City win now, but. Um... No, you're right. Hibs at the start of the season went there with with a squad that was perceived as weaker as previously compared to City, who were obviously coming into it with their full squad at the time, just off the back of winning the league yet again. So, I mean, we were expecting a comfortable win for City that day, and in the end, it proved to be very tight. Again, as you said the other week there in Ainsley Park, 
But, I mean, Hibs have been kind of strange again where some weeks they're excellent and then they'll follow that up with three games where it was better just not turning up. So, I mean, it, it all depends which Hibs side do turn up. And if they can, similar to Celtic 1, if they can keep keep the score 0-0 or even get a goal themselves and just, just frustrate City, then you never know. And Motherwell have shown um, last night that they can get goals as well and City will concede. But if City get in front, particularly early on, then it could actually be a long a long evening now as it will be for Hibs. So it's, it's another intriguing game, but it does come down again to that first goal. And it really is so crucial. And that's that's kind of the way it goes, I think, when obviously you're saying it, it's very cliche, but there's no other way really to describe it. I think if City get in front, it could be a long night for Hibs. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Hibs line up because in those recent run of games against Rangers, Celtic and Glasgow City, it definitely was a, a bank of four, one bank another, four and one running the running the channel, sometimes supported by somebody coming come, coming out from midfield. So if they go down that approach again, I think it will be very tough for Glasgow City because I think Hibs in those games against Rangers, Celtic and Glasgow City in that last run did, did kind of cause... I mean, Rangers only beat one 1-0. Obviously, they went 1-0 up in Celtic and then Celtic kind of got a, a quick lot of goals and then Glasgow City went in that game 2-1. So... It'll be very interesting, but if Hibs are wanting to win the game, then they will have to open up. And if they do open up, as I say, Priscilla and she, I know they feel they do. I think we're both rested midweek. I didn't, I didn't actually check, so that's my bad. But um, uh, if they they play up to their levels that they have been playing since they've come in, then yeah, I, I think you've got a fancy Glasgow City. The the other reason why I'm going to this game on Sunday is there are fans going to this one as well. And Campbell, as nice as it's been going to the football. Going to the football with fans will be considerably nicer. Better than stadium noise. Um, it's it's a, it's a difficult one, obviously, because City can can get fans back in, but not from not from Glasgow, which for most of them are going to be based. I mean, it, it then just becomes is it a case of just folk are turning up because they've not seen football in a year, so they want to go and watch a game. That might help Hibs. I, I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how big the crowd is as well. Where the kickoff time isn't exactly crowd friendly. It's five o'clock on a Sunday. It's, it's a brutal time for a game, really. But and the fact that it's on TV could put folk away. So hopefully, no one is being pure negative here. But hopefully, we do get a good crowd in. And like you say, it's an entertaining game, and there's folk that you can you can hear people in the in the stand now as well, rather than just a free shout coming for the players. Yeah, I mean, so also with Broadway being all here, it can be up to 500 in attendance on Sunday. I have seen a couple of people that I think are going because they have missed football. I'm also seeing a, a couple of people going because they're women's football fans and, again, they've been missing going to games. So I'm, I'm also interested to see how many people turn up. Obviously, we know that 60 was kind of the... 60-ish was the kind of number that turned up before for Farmington, but that was obviously midweek. And it was for Farmington against Hearts with, all due respect, both those sides haven't... Though far from the half had actually a few hundred at games when they've been on Alba before. Obviously, both those side seasons maybe aren't going in the same direction that, that Glasgow City's is, is at the moment in terms of the hype. But yeah, I think it's it's really cool to see that that, that game's going to be opened up. As far as I've seen, uh, Hearts, Rangers and Spartans games aren't at the moment. We were recording this on Thursday night. Um, and I think... I, I would like this to be opened up to fans and you make a good point about uh, the opportunity to attract fans who've maybe just been starved of football for a while. But Orion, I don't quite see how you get fans into it. The Ranger training set, I definitely don't see how you kind of get fans into it. Um, and Ainsley Park, I mean, Ainsley Park, probably, 
Because, I mean, Edinburgh well, City... Edinburgh, Edinburgh City was supposed to get folk in and they asked to, you're allowed to just say it was up to, I think it was about 500 or 250 maybe. But with the distancing, they could only get 58 fans in, I think it was, to their game against Dumbarton. They asked to have folk standing, told no because it's hard at a distance and some nonsense. So they ended up just saying, look, there's no point in having it in. So I can understand from Spartan's point of view where they'd be the same. Um, you could get 58 folk in, but is there any point? Probably not. So it's... It's just harder for clubs to organise it and trying to keep it keep it pleased and everything like in terms not pleased but in terms of where everyone's going and what have you. So it's it's understandable, but it's good that we're getting some in and as you say, Broadwood would be perfect for it. So at least there's one game with people in to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is definitely the bit. I, I mean, as much as Broadwood is also where spirits go to die. Um, it's also one of the benefits of it as that as uh, every venue in this link for the sins, yeah. <laughs> but it's one of the it's one of the venues that will accommodate like um, a, a good number of fans. And you're absolutely right. I mean, the Rangers training centre has only got 210 seats, so what 30? If that. Hard enough to try to get media and then subs into that, we yeah. adding fans in as well. No and uh, Orion's pretty similar in that respect. So yeah. Um, it's maybe something to think of for future proofing. If something, oh God, God, I hope there's something like this doesn't happen again. But if something does like that happen with us again, is um, growing the game. But I think that's a next season problem for sure. Um, so yeah, the other games obviously we've kind of touched them as well. Hearts are playing Motherwell at Ryan at one o'clock kickoff. I don't know if this will be broadcast. Hearts have not traditionally been broadcasting their games, though. There definitely seems, there seems to be a bit more social media noise with them just now. There seems to be um, some new people behind the fingertips. Uh, and then Spartans playing for for Farmington. Spartans have been getting their games out via YouTube. Um, so that should should be out there. Um, so yeah, and then also the two games we've already talked about later on. So there will be some SWPL action. We also know that obviously SWPL2 is coming back next month. And there's also now return of the SWFL Cup, which has kind of been a tournament set up to kind of get teams playing. Um, so we're not going to go into the draw for it because I, d- I don't know how many people are interested in the draw for it. To be we go go to the Scottish Women Football uh, Twitter feed, but it's just good to see teams back playing. Though it does still feel like the the championship is still in this mad limbo land of not really having anything to go for at the moment. Which isn't fair on them, of course. It's it's tough for these players that have that got a kind of season started and then it stopped and. Obviously, SWPL1 eventually get back, but even SWPL2 hasn't. So, when it wasn't back at that level, it was never really going to come back at a lower level, which is disappointing for some of these sides. I mean, a lot of them have been doing good work there to try and, um, to try and sort of boost themselves and kind of boost that profile of saying, look, with, with the reconstruction, we can then try and push ourselves up the league. So, it's disappointing there. And as you say, there's been very little said. I mean, it's, it's tough. Obviously, we get that, but most time, the more soon, sorry, the more. The sooner you can get people back into games and get people back playing again, sorry, then the more the, the more <laughs> place here. Uh, you're you're on glue if you think I'm editing this today. It's been a, a long week, so just to carry on. I don't have a clue where I was going with that, to be honest. I'll be um, good to get people people back playing football, I think was your uh, overarching point. Aye, because we'd been talking about crowds and what have you, I was thinking about getting fans back in but yes it'll be good to have these teams back playing and at least now they've got a target to aim for and we can get to the stage where everyone in SWPL, SWFL and every other abbreviation possible back playing football then that's when we'll all be happy again. Yes absolutely we will all be happy again 
And what a joyous note to end the podcast on, Camboy. Let's let's just wrap up there before we get ourselves down any more culdy sacks that we And I believe you know where didn't that. <laughs> well, tough. So um <laughs> thank you very much for listening. Um Campbell, thank you very much as always for coming on, buddy. It's always appreciated. Yep, it's giving me something to laugh about this week. So yeah. <laughs> good stuff. And thank you very much for listening. We'll try and get back to schedule. I've got work is coming down a little bit next week, so we should be back to schedule programming. Um but I won't. Don't quote me on that quite yet. But for now, stay safe and we will speak again soon.